This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. going on guys this is rob carbone coming at you with another episode of bd4 where there is no better way to get your yankees and knicks analysis guys i hope everybody's doing well um tonight uh we're touching on another prospect in this upcoming draft Devin Vassell, who we will get to in just a bit for episode 113, 113 episodes into BD4, guys. I can't believe how far along we have come. We are getting there. Um, Hey, I, I do this shit for fun, so I appreciate anybody who stops by, anybody at all. You know, I appreciate it. Just any kind of support. So thank you for the support. And if you haven't came by and subscribed yet, be sure to subscribe to us. You know, you can subscribe to the podcast on the many different platforms we have. Just go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Guys, thanks for stopping by tonight. Um, Actually, I know most of you um, last night, I say last night when I'm talking about, um, as you're listening to this, it's probably May 4th, Monday morning, um, or watching this. Um, but you know, Sunday night, um, which is technically tonight as I'm recording, but the last dance, you know, episodes five and six were aired. Um, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. I've got to catch up. You know, I've actually, I've actually have, um, I've missed episode four, five, and six. So I've got some catching up to do. From what I hear, though, episodes five and six were very uh, Knicks heavy, which which sucks because obviously the Knicks, um, you know, they didn't fare too well against Jordan's Bulls in the 90s. <laughs> but hey, that was cool. I heard there was also a little Kobe Bryant in... Um, the most recent episodes of the last dance. So I've got to check that out. You know, of course I'm going to check that out. So yeah, that's, um, that's pretty much that, you know, not much has been happening. Of course, it's still pretty much the same. I'm trying to think not much news other than the ones, you know, the few pieces of, of information that we already talked about, you know, with the NBA draft lottery and combine as well, the combine um, being pushed back and, um, you know, potentially we'll be getting a, uh, 
we could potentially be getting the regular season back and the playoffs eventually. Um, you know, so there's been some kind of optimism um, within that regard. So maybe we'll get something soon, guys. I <laughs> I hope, you know, it seems like it's kind of quieted down, at least where I live. I haven't been hearing as much hype as we originally did when coronavirus, you know, first came about. So that's a positive, and hopefully everything can get back to normal. Hopefully everybody is staying healthy, washing your hands, doing all that shit that you should already be doing, right? <laughs> but hey, thank you guys for stopping by. I appreciate it. Not much has gone on again, like I said. Uh, however, you know, there's been some Victor Oladipo news. I think, you know, a, a couple of reports on on Victor Oladipo kind of being upset. Um, reportedly, it came out really the last couple of days, um, just recently, that he's Oladipo is reportedly upset with the Pacers that they offered him and I think I quote this, an insulting $80 million four-year extension, which, you know, $20 million per, right? That's not bad. I mean, for a guy who's coming off devastating leg injury, I don't know why he's that insulted. Um, but those are what the reports say, and, you know, NBA GMs are are obviously watching closely now. You know, maybe there's a potential trade scenarios. We're starting to get those trade buzz you know, some trade buzz now flying around the NBA um, headlines. So maybe that's something that's going to come up and then the Knicks would try to make some noise there. I don't know. I don't think they're going to. But for the sh- uh, for the for the sake of, of talking about it and just being sucked in once again, <clears throat> why not? <clears throat> excuse me. Why not talk about it? Victor Oladipo. I mean, he's, listen, if the Knicks were in a situation to where they actually were going to trade for him, would I love it? I don't think I would. And I'll get to that in a second, but they have, they can do it. You know, the pros to this are that they have the assets, they have the cap space to take on somebody like Oladipo, right? And obviously if they do so, if they do make a trade here, they, the number one, you know, strength in this would be they get their guy, right? They would get their go-to scorer. Oladipo is a guy who averaged, um, who averages 17 points per game across his career on 35% from downtown. You know, he can create slash shoot and do all that offensive, um, has the whole package offensively. So they get their score. Um, they get their playmaker, right? A guy who averages four assists a night at the wing, you know, combo guard position um five assists in 2019 and um you know that was a career high for him so he can create for himself and others he's a good playmaker to be able to create his own shot and for others as well they would get their guy you know they would get a good wing defender as well he's a good wing defender um averages a good rebounder too for for a guy of his size averages five rebounds a night over the course of his career and, you know, has made the all defensive team and has won the steel champ. Um, I think that was in 2018 when he averaged 1.7 steals. So he's a good two way player, a very strong two way player. That would be the positive there. The Knicks would get their guy. He would immediately become the Knicks best, most effective player. So He'd make them more competitive, more enticing, more attractive to other stars around the league. That would be the big pro here. 
Now, the 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 minus to making a deal and trying to trade for somebody like Victor Oladipo. Obviously, I think the one word that you can describe uh, this this scenario would be risk. It is very risky, very fucking risky. Um, between the injury, between him being a free agent in 2021, and between the cost, you know, the price he's going to cost. Um, but yeah, that devastating leg injury, it was a big one. He, he didn't look good coming off of it. This past season, averaging 14, 3 and 3, under 40% from the uh, from the field, barely in the 30% from three-point distance. And you know, did that across a small sample size though, 13 games. Um was it enough to determine how he's going to be going forward? Probably not, but that's another thing. We don't know how good he is going to be coming off a devastating injury like that. So that's something I'm worried about. Is he going to be the same player? You know, we see players lose athleticism. A lot of players do, you know, when they have the injury that Oladipo had. That's my concern there. Really, that's the big thing holding me back. If he never got hurt, dude, I would fucking strike for Oladipo in a heartbeat. But he did. He did get hurt. And that's really a big concern for me. You know, especially with, again, the cost. You know, if the Knicks are going to make a deal for somebody like him, do you want to pay, you know, I think he's owed $21 million next season on the final year of his deal. So do you want to pay $21 million and give up one of RJ or Mitch plus a draft pick for somebody who could just potentially leave after one season? You know, is it worth that? Is it worth all that? Giving up a hefty price for somebody who might not be the same, somebody who might just leave. You know, it, it just it doesn't seem like it's worth it to me. Um, you know, Randall likely wouldn't be included in a deal for Oladipo simply because I think Indiana, if they were to trade him, are trying to shed payroll here. So I think it would cost one of Barrett or Robinson plus uh, a draft pick or two. And I don't think that right there is worth it when you consider he's a free agent next season. Um, on top of that, a, 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 a guy coming off a, a tremendous injury. So I, I don't know if if I do something like that. You know, overall, it's a high-risk, high-reward trade. Almost too high, though. You know, it could benefit the Knicks by making them more enticing and more of a competitive product. But on the flip side, it could be a disaster, you know, if they trade away one or two, one of their two cornerstones plus picks for, a, you know, an expensive short-term player. So it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> it, that would be a no for me as far as the Oladipo talks go. But guys, I'm not, I'm not even sure why I'm talking about this because it's not something that's solidified. I just thought I'd throw it out there to, uh, to start out this show. Now, um, I think that's it as far as, you know, trade buzz and, and, and rumors go. But tonight or, you know, as you're listening to this this morning, whenever, um, we're going to talk about Devin Vassell. I hope I said that correctly. Um, you know, I, I've done some research on this kid, watched some film, read up on scouting reports on the stipend on NBA Draft Scouting Live on Draft Express and a bunch of uh, websites. So credit to those websites for, for allowing me to read that scouting report and get some of my information from there. But I've also watched a bunch of film, you know, some tape on these players and to see how they've been performing. I, I fucking, I like this kid. I think this, 
this kid has got some potential. So we're going to talk about him in just a second, but we're going to take our break and then we'll be right back and we'll get right into it. All right. Really quick, I just want to remind you, you can go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com slash connect, and that will display all of my information, where to follow me on social media, how to subscribe to the blog, and how to subscribe to my podcast on the many different outlets we have. So once again, guys, just go to my website, ny sportstalkrc.wordpress.com slash connect. Let's get back to the show. Now this kid, uh, Vassell is projected anywhere from late lottery to late first round. So it's probably going to require, if the Knicks were to draft somebody like him, it's going to require them to move up, right? They would have to trade up to get a talent like him because some consider him a steal, you know, because he's probably the best defending wing in the draft, um, in my personal opinion, but a good solid um, career over at FSU as a seminal for two seasons. Uh, he's a, he's a six, six, 180 pound guard. Um, in 2020 specifically, Vassell averaged 13 points, five rebounds, two assists on a very efficient 49%, 42%, Also collected 1.4 steals per game and 1.0 blocks per game. All, across just 29 minutes per game. So a very, very, very productive numbers considering the the amount of time he was on the floor. Um, 30 games this past season for, for Florida State. And he was, again, he was very effic- uh, efficient, very effective on both ends of the floor. This is an athletic two-way swing man with a high motor, potential 3 and D guy, right? Um, I want to talk about his defense first, because that's what really stands out to me. I think this is a guy who defends with an exceptional effort, both on and off the ball, right? He exerts every ounce of energy in his body to just get a stop. And he's very good at getting stops. He's a good defensive player, contests at the rim, contests on the perimeter, closes out hard, quick reactions on his closeouts. He never, he's never late on them. Sprints back in transition. He, um, you know, he'll disrupt plays in the passing lanes. He will just do all the little things like that. A good team defender. He communicates. Um, he makes the correct reads. Um, depending on who the Knicks have as their coach next season, he's somebody who will utilize the switch-heavy scheme defensively very effectively. Um, so, you know, I, don't, I know the Knicks switched a lot this past season, especially under David Fisdale and. I think playing the switch a lot on defense could benefit um, when you have somebody like fucking uh, Devin Vassell. But that's the, you know, a great defensive player, just versatile defensively, very versatile on that side of the floor because of his height, because of his IQ and his ability to, to just be a pest. 
Um, again, we mentioned he had one block per game and 1.4 steals per game. Did that in 29 minutes. So very impressive numbers. And the eye test, he passes that um, for sure. But yeah, he's got the offense too. <laughs> don't make, don't get it wrong. You know, he's not just a, a one-dimensional Andre Roberson type. I think he can be more than that. Um, he scores well from all areas. You know, his shot chart. I, I was looking at the shot chart. Very efficient. Very efficient from all over the floor. Just at a low volume. You know, there's not anywhere. We mentioned 29 minutes a night, and he doesn't play. You know, take a ton of shots from any area in particular, but. Still, he's very effective, very efficient from everywhere on the floor. Mid-range, inside, three-point. A good three-level scorer at a low volume. Um, the jump shot, he's got a high release, a high trajectory. You know, hard to block it. Got the quick wrists. Um, good arc on the shot. Player with some solid footwork. You know, he, this is a guy who's not going to you know, be sloppy out there. He's good with the ball in his hands. He's got good footwork, a good catch and shoot player. I think that's where he thrives most. Um, I believe if I'm correct, he was ranked in the 94th percentile when it comes to scoring and catch and shoot scenarios. Um, a good, you know, just a good tough shot maker too. Known for his one dribble pull up when he is creating off the bounce. Good one dribble pull up. Uh, he improved that tremendously in his sophomore season. Um, a good pull-up game. Uh, we'll flash a step back here and there. Mostly, though, he's especially efficient off the catch-and-shoot. Uh, when it comes to you know, playmaking, very effective playmaker in transition. He can make the lead pass early and often. He can, you know, he'll use his effort and speed to push the pace on the break. Um, good at making mid-air adjustments. This is a guy who recalibrates his passes and his shot attempts when he's in mid-air. Very acrobatic in that sense. You know, he's got the uh, the acrobat badge on Hall of Fame, right? Um, so he's, he's good in those aspects. He's a good rebounder for a guy of his size. Again, average five rebounds a night at the height of 6'6", so not bad there as well. And last but not least, for a, a positive here, he is an excellent um off-ball player, and that's really the main thing I look at when I'm looking at um, scoring wings. Right? I want to see they can score with the ball, that's great, but can they play off the ball? Are they effective without the ball in their hand? And This kid can do it. He's got a high motor. Um, he cuts with an intent. He doesn't make cuts with without a purpose. He knows where to go. He cuts with an aggressiveness to him. He will crash the glass hard. He, you know, and again, he's a hard sprinter on the break. So he he's very aggressive out there, very active. Not just gonna stand around and float like a statue or something like you know like a Kevin Knox um, <laughs> scenario here. So those are his positives. Again, a good all around defensive player. A very um, efficient offensive player who can shoot a little bit from the three-point line, who can hit some mid-ranges, who can you know um, take it to the rack if he needs to as well. Now, some of his weaknesses um, are that defensively he will sometimes overcommit, you know, or gamble often, especially in the passing lanes. So that could lead to points on the opposition. Um, he'll bite on fakes a good amount, so that can also be troubling. Uh, the lack of strength will sometimes hurt him defensively, especially down low in the post. Um, 
offensively, he's pretty basic with his passes. Doesn't really have that live-action one-hand pass or isn't really flashy. He's mostly just a two-handed passer, right-hand dominant. Um, gets blocked often when he's trying to finish in traffic. Doesn't have that extra strength yet. He needs to add a little bit more muscle, um, a little more mass, <clears throat> excuse me, if he wants to do a better job finishing in traffic. Um, this is a guy who has the ability to, to create off the bounce and, and ability to score as a shot creator. You know, we've talked about how he improved from his freshman to sophomore season. But overall, you know, not extraordinary yet. Still turns it over a tad bit when he has the ball in his hands. Um, he's still pretty limited, pretty basic with what he can do in terms of moves off the bounce. Um, you know, only seven of Devin Vassell's 43-point makes this past season, only seven of them were um, unassisted. So only seven of his 43-point makes in 2020 were assisted. So that's not really a, a player who creates for himself. Um, most of his shooting will come off the catch. Mm. Lack of size. Again, we talk about the lack of size defensively. That could also hurt him offensively in the post. Not a player who puts his back to the basket often. You know, despite his height advantage with 6'6 at the wing position, or the guard position, he's not going to be very effective with his back to the basket because he doesn't have the mass yet. Um, doesn't generate a ton of free throw attempts. That's something I would hope improves, but, you know, we haven't seen much promise there yet. Only got to the line three times per 40 minutes um, in both seasons with the Seminoles. So that's concerning to me. Somebody at that height, you know, somebody athletic like that, you want him to draw more fouls and generate offense at the free throw line with the clock stopped, right? Um, I would have loved to see that improve from his freshman to sophomore season, but didn't really much. Um, he can be very passive sometimes, not always the most aggressive. And, you know, if you're going to put him in the Nick backcourt, you already have two guys who kind of don't have that aggressiveness you want to see in Frank Nielakina and Dennis Smith Jr. So you hope that he can also improve his confidence and aggressiveness offensively in the NBA, um, Vassell. And again, the last one I have here, last but not least, it's kind of you know a small sample size. Low volume here, just two seasons in college, um, 11 minutes per game in his freshman season. Didn't really get much time, was kind of more just a guy who sporadically played. Um, 29 minutes per game in his sophomore season, better, still not a chunk. Um, averaging overall 19 minutes in college, didn't start until that second season. So he, he doesn't have the largest sample size. Shot attempts, defensive possessions, not going to come, you know, at a volume that, that, you know, is really a determining factor. You just kind of have to, you know, take it as is and, and see, you know, and hope that he translates that into the NBA. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think this is a good, solid pick. You know, I, I'd still look at Kyra Lewis Jr. as my preference if the Knicks were to trade up. But folks, I'm telling you, this kid might not be a bad pick at all either. A good 3 and D athletic swingman who's got a high effort level. You know, somebody who's not going to give up, you know, just exerts all of his energy on really both ends of the floor. He's a good solid player to take a look at. I would not be upset if the Knicks were to to draft somebody like him with their second first round pick. Um so that's that's pretty much that guys. I appreciate you all stopping by. Don't want to go too long. Um again, we usually try to keep these prospect profiling um, to 20, 25 minutes tops. So 
were about around that time. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of BD4. This, you know, this is, um, is something I'm just going to keep doing until, until we run out of prospects, I guess. I've got a lot guys, a lot of guys fucking, uh, written down here. So I hope, um, I hope you guys are enjoying these. You have nothing else to do. So why not just talk about, talk about the upcoming prospects and, uh, see how long we can keep this thing up. Um, guys, thank you so much for stopping by. Once again, if you haven't subscribed to BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, then please subscribe. Just go to my website, located on nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Guys, thank you so much for stopping by. Once again, this has been Rob Carbone with episode 113 of BD4. And I'm signing out. All right. Ciao.